Well, good morning. Everybody doing good? Yeah. Did you love that skit? That was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. My name is uh, my name is Andrew Wells. I'm the director of uh, youth and service here. So I hang out with teenagers and I try to get people excited about serving in our community. Uh, so you'll always hear those undertones uh, in, in the things that I speak from up here. Uh, but this morning we get to, to read from Daniel together, uh, Daniel chapter 3. Uh, and I know it's probably a, a passage that we're all familiar with, uh, but let's put it up on the screen and we can read through it together or you can look along in your pew Bibles. This is Daniel 3, starting with chapter 13. So then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought in. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods and you do not worship the golden statue that I have set up? Now if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, drum, an entire musical ensemble, to fall down and worship the statue that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God that will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to present a defense for you in this matter. If our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and out of your hand, O king, let him deliver us. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods and we will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his face was distorted. He ordered the furnace heated up seven times more than was customary and ordered some of the strongest guards in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. So the men were bound, still wearing their tunics, their trousers, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. Because the king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so overheated, the raging flames killed the men who lifted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But the three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound, into the furnace of blazing fire. This is the word of the Lord. Speak to God. Uh, oftentimes I hear Bible stories so many times that it becomes kind of normal to me. Uh, this is not a normal thing uh, where men are thrown into a uh, furnace and then saved. Is that normal? No, that is not normal, but uh, I look at it as normal sometimes. I'll read the Bible and, and read about Jesus walking on water and I'll say, yeah, he walked on water. That's pretty cool. Does anybody else find that it just becomes normal to you and you're not surprised by these things that are amazing anymore? Read stories about uh, Abraham. He's supposed to sacrifice his son. And as I'm reading that story and he gets to that point where he's about to kill his son, I'm not thinking, what's going on? Why is God allowing this? I'm thinking, here's the time where God will stop him and the ram will come out and uh, yeah, he will be saved. The Bible becomes somewhat normal to us, uh, or it does to me, and to me that's not all right. Three men are thrown into a fiery furnace and are saved by God. I know. And I know doesn't cut it. Uh, that's pretty cool. Isn't an appropriate response uh, to God working. Now, when God acts and he steps in and he does something, we need to respond to that. We can't just read it and say, well, that's all right. Here's 
here's what I'm hoping you will respond today. I've been praying over this and thinking about this the last couple weeks and asking God, what is it that you want me to share this morning? How do you want this to become fresh to us today? Uh, and I don't know if it's super fresh, and I think it's pretty basic stuff, but hopefully you guys will think about this and you'll say, well, I want you to see how they took this stand and how monumental it was, um, how they were standing against something that wasn't right. I want you to see how their faith in God and their being faithful in smaller choices led them to this place that when Nebuchadnezzar challenged them and said, bow down, they said, no, we will not. How they became ready to take that stand. Uh, and more than anything else, what I want you to get is that their stand against Nebuchadnezzar wasn't something strange, wasn't something odd. I think this is something exactly what we're all called to do as followers of God, uh, to look exactly like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, and I appreciate the drama that, that was brought out this morning, uh, but I think we need to look a little more at Nebuchadnezzar because I don't think we quite did it justice of how mean he is, uh, how tough he was. Um, but it was really good. I just really enjoyed it. Um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, when, when he went up, um, Zedekiah early on, when he, when he went up against Zedekiah, he had rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar comes up and he destroys Jerusalem, uh, he burns the city, uh, and he takes, uh, Zedekiah was the king, he takes his sons and puts them in front of him. So Zedekiah is looking at his sons, and then Nebuchadnezzar has his sons killed right in front of him. And right after that, he puts out Zedekiah's eyes, so that the last thing that Zedekiah saw was his sons being killed in front of him. Nebuchadnezzar was a tough, harsh individual. He had a dream, and he said, unless you tell me what the dream was and what it means, I'm going to kill all the wise men. It's a bit of a ridiculous thing. And he said he was going to, uh, specifically how, he was going to cut them into pieces uh, and turn their houses into rubble. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar was not one that you would mess with. Uh, if he told someone to do something, they did it. And so when he builds the statue and he says, bow down, what do people do? <laughs> one, one person got it. What do people do when they say bow down? Bow down. I'm just making sure you're following with me here. Uh, everyone bowed down except for these three dudes. They stand up. This was an abnormal thing. Everyone said, well, he said do it, so we do it. Except for these three guys. When they stand, they knew that it was a death sentence for him. He had said that they would be thrown into a furnace, and they said, we know, and we'll do that. Nebuchadnezzar saw this as a direct threat against him and against his leadership, and so he gets just angry, beyond angry, filled with rage, and he, he heats up the furnace seven times hotter than usual, uh, and, and he throws them in. And we all know how the story ends, uh, but let's try to pause it right there. Let's try to say, as, as they're throwing these guys into the furnace, and as these guys are being killed that are throwing them in, what are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thinking? Are they thinking, hmm, perhaps God will send a fourth dude in there with us, and he'll save us, and we won't burn, and our clothes won't even smell like smoke. Do you think they're thinking that as they're falling into the furnace? I don't, I don't think they're thinking that because that is an abnormal thing and that is something that had never occurred before. And so they're not like, well, maybe that will happen this time. No, they're thinking, well, this is it. We took our stand and now we are dead. Maybe they had a little more faith than that, but they, they couldn't even begin to think uh, that they would be dancing around playing with iPods in the middle of the fiery furnace uh, during all of this. 
uh, they're thinking this is it. They chose to obey God and they chose death. Uh, And so what I want to look at today is what in the world caused these three men, these only three men in this kingdom to say, you know what, we're not going to obey you, Nebuchadnezzar. So three things, uh, just because in a sermon you're supposed to have three things you're supposed to look at. Uh, The first is that they had faith in God. That's a pretty basic thing, I think. I don't think there's any surprise there. Uh, But I want to make sure that we understand what faith in God is. It's not faith in what God can do for us. It's not faith that God is going to make things go my way. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, uh, the, the king asked them, King Nebuchadnezzar, he says, what God is going to save you uh, from my hand? Because he thinks he is all powerful. Uh, and they, they basically say in response to him, they say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if God saves us or not. We know he can. But whether he saves us or not, it doesn't matter because what happens to us doesn't matter All we care about is that we remain faithful to God because we have faith in God. Not what he's going to do for us, not that things are going to go perfectly for us, but we just have faith in God and who he is. They won't serve Nebuchadnezzar's gods and they won't bow down to the statue because they had faith in God no matter the outcome. Uh, To to me, that's challenging. Uh, My faith in God, oftentimes my prayers, uh, my most often prayers, I, I guess I would say, are, God, help me in this, or, ooh, this is going bad, I better turn to God, you know, quickly, or, oh, man, there's a sermon, and I've got to stand up in front of a bunch of people, and that's kind of scary. I cry out to God when things are hard for me, thinking he will save me, uh, and not always thinking, God, be glorified. I think God help me. So my faith often is based on what he is going to do for me. Where are you at this morning? Do you believe in God? Do you, have you put your faith in Him? If you haven't, what holds you back? What keeps you from having that faith in God? Uh, and if you do have faith in God, is it something that is conditional? Is it, you know, as, as God does good for me, I will continue to have faith in Him, but as bad things happen, I will somewhat pull away from God. I want a faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. A faith in the God of the universe, no matter the outcome. And since they had faith in God, they were faithful in their smaller decisions. Uh, In Daniel 1, we see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, Judah had been overthrown. Uh, Jerusalem had been burned, and they were taken captive in Babylon. Yet they were faithful to God. Uh, If all those things happen to me, if someone comes along and burns my house and makes me captive, I think my faith in God would be somewhat wavering. Uh, But they remained faithful uh, even during those hard times. Uh, they were required to eat food that God had forbidden for them, uh, yet they remained faithful when they said, no, we won't eat that. We will only eat what God requires of us. Uh, it's food. It's kind of a smaller decision, but yet taking those smaller choices as we go puts us in a place where we can make bigger decisions down the road. Uh, in Daniel 2, we see that their lives are threatened uh, and that they're, uh, they're going to be killed. But Daniel just says, you know what? Pray to God. Let's be faithful to him. And so they pray and they remain faithful instead of being fearful. Where are you at today or this week? Think about your smaller choices. Maybe take like two seconds. Things that you did this week. What were your choices that you made? How did you spend your time? How did you spend your talents? How did you spend your treasure? Were they in faithful choices? Small little things as we go. Were you faithful in those things? Um, is there a way that you strayed off of God's path? Uh, I, I appreciate Barb leading us this morning and leading us in a prayer confession so that we can uh, say, God, I know I'm off of what you want for me. 
help me to change uh, and help me to receive your forgiveness. I think that's a prayer. Maybe, maybe one morning she could just start with that and then we could just be here for a few hours uh, and spend time confessing our sin because I think that's the time I would need uh, for that. Are you being faithful uh, in your smaller choices? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, uh, they had faith in God. They were faithful in their smaller choices along the way. Uh, but that's what made them ready for when they were challenged by Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, they knew, this is the third thing, they knew when they had to take a stand. Uh, it wasn't a question mark for them like, hmm, should we stand or not? They said, well, this is the time. This is the place that we need to take that stand. Uh, and they knew that because they'd been faithful all along the way. They said, this is where we need to draw the line. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they, they had to take a literal stand um, and chose to stand when everyone else was bowing. My question for you again today is, is God take, calling you to take a stand? Uh, I think a stand can look uh, a couple different ways. Maybe it is someone pressuring you or someone tempting you into doing something big that is just way outside of what God wants for you. That if you choose against that, your life is going to look dramatically different. Uh, to stand up for something and against something that's wrong, your life is going to be changed. Is there something in your life today that you say, I know I either just made a huge decision or I'm about to make a huge decision that I need to give to God? Or taking it off of a personal level, is there something in this world that you look at and you say, that's not okay, and I've got to take a stand against that? You can think of bigger examples like children that are starving in the world, uh, women who are being abused, people who do not have access to clean water, or you can take it right here in College Hill and say, you know what, there's kids in a school that the school is just subpar, it's, it's failing, and it's been like that for a long time, and that's not okay to have a school system like that. We've got kids that don't have enough pencils to even go to school, we've got a multitude of parents that are trying to raise their kids in a single, single parent home, you've got people on the edge of poverty that just can't get to the other side. Is there something in the world this morning that you say, that's not okay? That you know God is with you and he says, that's not okay, and that you need to take a stand against. So is it time for you to take a stand? I think the thing about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, that we struggle with is we make them out to be superstars. They're like, oh, these awesome people who followed after God, these are the ones who really knew how to follow God, and they did it with their whole lives. But I think... In making them superstars, making them like super God followers, we think, well, I can't be like that. But I think they exemplify exactly what all of us are called to do, to be faithful, uh, to, to have faith in God, to be faithful in smaller choices, and to know when to take that stand for God. I want to read uh, the, the rest of what happens here uh, in Daniel uh, chapter 3, verse 24, starting there. It says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up quickly. He said to his counselors, was it not three men that we threw bound into the fire? They answered the king, true, O king. And he replied, but I see four men unbound walking in the middle of the fire and they are not hurt. And the fourth has the appearance of a God. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace blazing fire and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had, had not had any power over their bodies of these men. The hair on their heads was not singed, their tunics were not harmed, and not even the smell of fire came from them. 
Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. They disobeyed the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree, any people, nation, or language that utters blasphemy against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to deliver in this way. Isn't that cool? It's beyond cool, though, right? It's like God just impacted the entire world through these three guys, and they didn't really even do that much. They just remained faithful to what God wanted them to do. What makes the story extraordinary is God. Uh, He met them in the furnace. He saved their lives. He changed Nebuchadnezzar's heart. uh, And he made his, God made his name great in all the nations by doing what he does best. By God being a loving, compassionate creator and sustainer of the universe that is engaged in what we are doing. Uh, God was just being God. Our only job is to allow God to change the world. We don't have to do it. We just have to be there. We have to have faith in him, remain faithful in smaller decisions, and be ready when it's time to take a stand, and God is going to do that work.